And we join on the line now by Nadir Token, analyst at 274 Investment Managers. Good morning, Nadir. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to your listeners. Nadir, let's, do, uh, let's start uh, by looking at the GDP numbers that came out yesterday. Yeah, you know, Sakina, although we returned to growth from the second quarter, it really wasn't a great number, wasn't it? So we saw uh, the economy expand by 0.7% on an annualized basis in the third quarter. Um, and if you look at what was the major contributor to that, uh, we saw quite a strong rebound in the manufacturing sector, uh, growing by or just over 6.5%, 6.62%. You know, but we're still seeing contraction in the agriculture, the mining and the electricity sectors. Uh, respectively. Obviously, the ESCOM uh, rolling blackouts are still, are still biting with 22 days of load shedding uh, during the third quarter. And we still saw that, uh, obviously, the, the, the drought having a drastic impact on, on agriculture. And this is something we spoke about earlier in the week. But uh, we know that the agriculture sector consumes something like 60% of South Africa's water supply. And with uh, a significant drought that has come through and increased cost in producing some of those crops and, uh, you know, the poor yield we've had because of the drought season, um, you know, we, we, we've seen that sector contracting, which is obviously quite an important part of South Africa's economy as well. So we'll take the fact that uh, we, uh, we, we, we're not in a technical recession, but there's something called a technical recession and then there's an effective recession. Now, many people will argue that we're in an effective recession with unemployment above 25%, um, you know, and, and inflation suddenly high and possibly uh, looking on, on, on an upward trajectory given how weak the rand is and given the amount of uh, food crop we've had to import. So we'll take the fact that we, out of, we, we avoided a technical recession. Um, there's elements of positivity there, but even the manufacturing number, it was coming off a really low base, which may have skewed it in, in, in the upward direction, but uh, avoided a technical recession and we'll take that. And uh, Asala Mittal uh, surging 50% yesterday, Nadir. What happened? Yeah, so look, I mean, they, they, they came out with an announcement that uh, they're doing a, a capital raising through the issuing of equity, uh, and it's to the tune of 4.5 billion rand, or 320 million uh, US dollars. And it's going to be underwritten by the parent company, which is the ArcelorMittal Group, uh, underwriting the, 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 the uh, raising in ArcelorMittal South Africa. So, you know, the market took that as broadly positive because the, the, the right issue or the capital raising is happening at a 50% premium to the current share price. And the group has mentioned that they will underwrite the capital raising, meaning that if all stock is not taken up in the market, the parent company will inject the remaining uh, liquidity into the business and take a further equity stake in the business. So um, the market saw that as broadly positive, you know, given the extent to which the balance sheet is strained. We all know that the lower iron ore prices and a, a, a battling steel market, we know ArcelorMittal approached the government uh, not too long ago to impose, uh, impose massive tariffs on imported steel so that, uh, you know, the steel that they produced in South Africa could be more competitive. In fact, we've seen uh, a, a couple of business rescue cases in South Africa in the steel space. We saw Everest Highfield Steel closing the South African operations earlier in the year. So a really tough operating environment. And ArcelorMittal using, uh, looking to use the proceeds uh, from, from the capital raising to pay down a significant amount of debt, which is obviously good for shareholders. Um, you know, short term, this is a good story for, for ArcelorMittal, but uh, one wonders whether, you know, it's another Lonman story where there's just uh, cash being injected into the business so it can keep on limping on. Uh, I think fundamentally over the long term, the only thing which can rescue a business like that is higher iron ore prices so that the margins improve. Another worrying one, um, corporate default on debt in a rising interest rate environment, Nadir. Uh, Talk to us about that. 
Yeah, look, I mean, Sakina, we, we, we've seen a massive expansion in the amount of debt in the system uh, ever since the global financial crisis. The Federal Reserve has obviously kept interest rates very, very low, monetary policy very, very accommodative. And if we look at some of the stats, we see a 50% surge in the number of uh, junk-rated companies uh, in the S&P over the last, uh, well, since the global financial crisis. Now, on the back of this, we've seen uh, debt in- increasing by around 300%. And, uh, you know, it's, it's no surprise that you're going to see a number of defaults in that kind of an environment. And, uh, you know, in a rising interest rate, so we've already seen a number of defaults despite the fact that interest rates haven't moved at all. So our concern is that, you know, once interest rates start moving, um, you know, are we going to see an increase in the number of defaults? So to put down some numbers to it, we've seen uh, 99 defaults this year so far in 2015. That's the second highest amount in more than two decades. Uh, you know, it's only surpassed by the global financial crisis of 2009 where we saw 220 defaults. But that was obviously a completely different scenario. Um, of, this, of the 99 defaults, 62 have come from the U.S. And been, uh, there's been a lot of uh, shale gas oil stories, uh, you know, which have faced bankruptcy in the, in, in the light of uh, significantly lower oil prices. But uh, we've, seen, we've definitely seen corporate credit yields uh, uh, blowing out quite a bit. Um, you know, since 2014, we saw a 5.9% yield on average on corporate credit in the U.S., and today we see that in excess of 8%. So the market has punished these players for, uh, you know, possibly taking on too much debt and straining their balance sheet. And in addition to the amount of debt that they've taken on, they've also seen slowing revenues and declining profit margins because the global economy has been sluggish. So the expansion in the amount of debt is not warranted by the, uh, by the growth in top-line earnings, uh, you know, in order to pay off that debt uh, and, and, and have some left over for shareholders. So a rising interest rate environment could put further strain on the market, and, uh, you know, one would be best positioned to remain underweight global bonds at the moment.